you're listening to the Burnham Society Podcast. I'm your host, Rowan Bristol, proprietor of Bristol Books. Bristol Books, where for this week only, we're having a sale. Tell us the book you want, and we'll sell you its anagram. Yes, now you too can own your very own copy of Milton's Salaried Pots, Harper Lee's immortal classic, A Morbid Kicking Toll, or Shakespeare's A Tenement Love for Gown. All these available this week at your favorite store, Bob's Oil Stork. This week's shout-out goes to our podcast's homestead, Made of Fail Productions. Made of Fail lives up to its title by providing podcasts and blogs devoted exclusively to lifting the rock of fandom and cataloging all the bugs. From Farscape to fanfiction, any topic that could ensure your total isolation from civilized company can and will be covered by Made of Fail and its illustrious patriarch, Kevin O'Shea. Reading the blogs and listening to the shows is the equivalent of locking yourself in a bookstore full of tomes only you understand, getting drunk off recreated childhood memories and cheap whiskey, while hurling obscenities at everyone who dares cross your path. And for those of you laughing right now, nothing I drink is cheap. Which brings us to tonight's topic, death. There are a lot of things in our fair city that can easily be described as 51st Ward problems. It's no good whining to your alderman if you didn't read the fine print of your dim sum order, or if your girlfriend who was making a living selling crimson fabric at the art fair suddenly turned into a crane and flew off on bloody wings the moment you mentioned settling down and maybe taking a position with city staffing. In a town where a changeling infant simply earns a free trade label, there's not a lot of commonality between the average folk and the immigrant spirits of Chicago. But we all die. In most cases, the difference between mortal and immortal is one of duration. Queen Talafiara may have been around long enough to have told Merlin that the best way to determine the divine right of kings was a contest that amounted to a symbolic circle jerk, but she's one disillusioned child away from disintegrating into the ether. Demons might chop each other up for soup, but they fear a truly empty belly. And all it takes is one long, dry day for a wayward Kelpie to end up desiccated on the shore. And don't believe the hype. There's more than a few people who want to tell you there's a workaround. Some show up at your door every Saturday with a magazine. Others watch you while you sleep and sparkle in the daylight. Each of them is basically offering the Konami Code of Oblivion. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a sacrifice a goat to an elder god. And often it never works out the way you want. Let's start with everyone's favorite, blood. Now, I myself am partial to the steaming, spurting go-go juice of my fallen enemies, but that's not the sole focus of my being. You get infected by a vampire, and let's be clear, it is an infection. Blood is the only thing on your mind. Your body is for all intents and purposes dead, and feeding on blood is the only way to keep the body animated. For those first few years, you've still got enough faculties to cajole your way into a willing drink, or be strong enough to take it by force. But blood for the vampire isn't life, it's more of a stalling point. As long as you're fed, you don't rot, but miss a feeding or just stay around too long, and you're going to need more and more blood to keep going, and the more you need, the more you're going to want, as the addiction works to keep you animated. It's not long before you're not you anymore, and the screaming feeding beast looks like an extra from Breaking Bad. But what about magic, you say? Well, it is a possibility, but the 
part of the reason the Old Town School of Black Magic doesn't have a class on the Books of the Dead is that a reputable necromancer is an oxymoron, with an emphasis on the moron. Ghouls, deadwalkers, and summoners try to keep the one firm absolute in the world at bay, usually by taking the lives of the suckers who believe any of the crap they offer. Don't be fooled. It's not grandma they're raising from the grave. It's a fleshy muppet powered by magic that's too lame to be black. It's more of an ochre. And any necromancer worth his stolen teeth can use the walls and hollows of a house to pull the recorded memories of a person out and make a decent enough haunting. But no matter how you slice it, what they're offering isn't a loved one. Just an exploitation of their memory in order to get you to part with money, influence, or even your own life. Necromancy, as it's practiced, is the worst kind of hucksterism, animating bodies and memories to fool you into believing that there's more to the world than the life you're living. I'm sure that somewhere there was a wizard disciplined enough to put the time and effort to understand the abyss that swallows us all, but if he existed, then he likely learned the one truth of death and eagerly leapt into its embrace. We all die. Each and every one of us is a story. The moment we learn language, that story begins with the words, I am. And as we live our lives and experience all the world has to offer, that story of I am becomes richer, deeper, and more vibrant. More than anything else, this is the soul and the soul's power. The world becomes absorbed in those two words, and the interactions with others synthesize into new stories. She is. I could be. We are. Until that story becomes so strong that it exists long after the sentence, I am, no longer begins the tale. It's a natural cycle. The story of ourselves passes on to others and is shared, making more stories, each a part of the other. But for some, the idea that there might be a story without those two magic words of I am becomes too horrifying to bear, and their vanity becomes more tragic than David Tennant whimpering at the end of his contract. The key to immortality isn't the pre eternal preservation of I am, but the sharing of that self with others. We are ripples in reality, and the more we do, the more impact we have, the longer our stories last. The people around you are the curators of your story, and the kind of story you share makes up the quality and duration of your soul. I've seen more than one necromancer try and cheat death, abandoning friends and family in the pursuit of forever, never once realizing those people held the keys to eternity. That's all for now. I'll be ne back next week with more news, profiles, and how you too can earn the badge and lunch vouchers that make you a member of the Burnham Society. Although I have no desire to sell you my books, we'd love to hear from you and answer your questions. You can reach us through the Burnham Society Facebook page at burnhamsociety.madeafail.net or email me at rowan.bristol at gmail.com. I will try to answer your questions. Until next week, remember that life is a story and you determine the genre. In my shop, I have your story. You can find it under farce. Farewell. <laughs>